cochlear implant basics is a site for candidates and their families and friends. If you have been told you qualify for a cochlear implant, these podcast interviews tell how receiving a cochlear implant can be a life-changing experience. You will meet recipients who face a hearing loss and that hearing aids could no longer provide comprehension of speech or music. They face growing isolation, inability to socialize or compete in the world of business. The joy of music disappeared. They explain how receiving a cochlear implant changed their lives. Welcome to Cochlear Implant Basics. A reminder, Cochlear Implant Basics is not sponsored by anyone, nor is it offering medical advice. Please consult your own healthcare provider. Good afternoon. We're about to interview with one of the most famous bodybuilders in the world. So if you would just tell me your name, the date, and where you're at. My name is Lou Ferrecno, and today is July 26, 2021, and right now, presently, I'm in uh, Englewood, Colorado. Lou, I understand from what I've read, you had a hearing loss from an infection when you were very young, and I think one of the things that intrigued me was the fact you said you were bullied when you had a hearing loss. Could you tell me a little bit about that? I mean, I can't imagine somebody bullying you. It must have been an interesting experience. Well, at a young age, I used to wear the old-fashioned hearing aid, and I went to parochial school. And a lot of kids made fun of me because at the time, I had a very severe speech impediment. It was difficult for people to understand when I communicated. So I was very skinny as a kid. I wasn't big. So I got beat up a lot because I was afraid to defend myself. Believe it or not, yeah. And my father was a police lieutenant. And when I go home, I tell my father what happened. He would give me another beating because he said, don't come home and you can't fight for yourself. So I say to myself, I'm here with this problem, my hearing problem. And you know, children do not have the psychological defenses to defend themselves. So I went through that period, went to school, and I was always known people say, oh, Louis, uh, the deaf kid, deaf mute, this and that stuff. So for me, I just kept going along because I didn't want to feel sorry for myself. And then eventually I discovered bodybuilding and fitness. And that started my journey to change my whole life because being bullied as a kid, I wanted to work out, be strong because I wanted to be able to defend myself because I grew up in a tough neighborhood and I got pushed around a lot. I got beat up a lot. Sometimes they would take their finger and flip a hearing aid in my ear just to be mean because they had the old fashioned hearing aid. So that to me brought so much shame. Sometimes I would just cry by myself. I would just pray to God saying, I can't keep living like this. Then when I discovered bodybuilding, that gave me the ammunition to be able to build the body, able to change my life. Was it a Charles Atlas advertisement in a comic book? What was the thing that flipped you over? You know, it's funny. It was Charles Atlas, a comic book. I remember I looked at it, but I was poor as a kid. I begged my father to buy me one of those. He wouldn't. So what I did as a kid, I had friends of mine that had waist. Sometimes I would try to lift their waist. So I wanted to have my own waist. So I did. I would go to the junkyard. I would get pails. I filled with cement. I put the broomstick in the middle so it gets hard. I made myself my own makeshift barbells. Like, for example, I'd get a pail half full, three quarters, maybe different sizes, and made my own barbell because I couldn't afford it because I was so determined to have my friends have. They had weights because then I discovered Muscle Magazine, and I see these guys like Mr. Universe Flex thing, and I said, wow, why can't I be like this? Because it's a very masculine thing back then. You started building your body up now. How many years until you won Mr. Universe? How many years of training did you go through? I started 
bodybuilding maybe about 12 or 13. I won the Miss Universe when I was 21. The youngest one to win the IBB Miss Universe. I've won it twice. I won Teenage America, Miss America, Miss International, and runner-up to your favorite governor, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Now, all this time, you had this hearing loss, and you were building up your body, obviously getting bigger, and people weren't going to pick on you anymore. My question is basically, when you had the hearing loss, you now won this title twice, you start to build a career. How was your hearing loss affecting that career? Well, when I won the Miss Universe competition, they could not use my interview because my speech was not understandable. Then I realized I had to do something about my speech. So I studied phonetic. I've learned to speak by the feeling of my tongue. This way, I didn't want to sound like a deaf person. I wanted to speak the best I can. And then it was a long, hard journey because I've learned to read lips when I was very young. But the speech therapy, I've gone to therapy and speech therapy for, for many years because there's a lot of sounds we hear, but we say it differently compared to the way it's written. So I had to endure that. And sometimes I put marbles in my mouth and try to speak very clearly with marbles in my mouth, you know, to say each word. Because at the time, my speech was more like monotone. I sounded like this, you know, I talk, my, my name is Luther Rick, no. But I did not have the inflection like I have now. That made the big difference. So in Hollywood, they always put the stigma, a limitation saying that, well, he can play a body role, but he can't play a good acting role because his speech was the problem. But I never wanted to feel that I have to suffer for that, so I'm going to do something about it, which I did. That was my journey back then to take where I am now, especially now with a cochlear implant. Your motivation, you're obviously a highly motivated guy. You spent eight or nine years building up for the competition. I read somewhere you were doing bodybuilding five hours a day, which is a huge amount of time. As a motivated person, you now have a cochlear implant. It's been about four months now. We're going to talk about that activation in a second, but I'm very curious how much time a day do you spend in rehabilitation to get the results you want? Almost every day. Before, I would work, I work three times a day. I think I called the Angel app, where you have different words, and you have to distinguish the words, which one is the correct word. And to me, at the beginning, it was challenging, but then over time, got easier and easier because it's just like working out. The good thing about for me to do this, because I train this body to build this body, so it's easy for me to have their motivation and the discipline to do that. So I was amazed that over the course, how I was hearing better and better. Very exciting for me. It's incredible. Now, that's my bad ear. I have 115 decibel loss in the left ear. That's just one ear. That's the bad ear, how well I can hear. Could you imagine when I have the second one? Oh, my gosh. You're unbelievable. You're an inspiration. And, you know, by doing this podcast, you're going to inspire more people than you can imagine because this is not print. My experience is those who listen to these podcasts or read the transcripts tend to move forward. We get them off the fence. The next topic I want to ask you, what was the day that you decided to come off the fence and go forward and get a cochlear implant? Well, a friend of mine had a similar situation. He had a profound hearing loss. He lost his hearing when he was 70. It got progressively worse. So he did a lot of research, and he got a cochlear implant. And I saw how well he was going to hear. Now, for me, I was at the point that I couldn't improve my hearing anymore with hearing aids. Because hearing aids, you are very limited because it doesn't give you the clarity like cochlear does. 
So I made the decision. I said, why not? Because I'm going to be 70 years old. I said, I want to wait till I'm 85, 90. I mean, the only thing for the change is yourself taking action to do something about it. So I'm very competitive. So I decided to get the cochlear and I was determined to hear better, but I was, I was just amazed that I should have done it sooner. I wish I could have done it 10 years ago, but back then people were saying that you have a cochlear implant, if it doesn't work, you can never go back to a hearing aid. You know, the doctor can't make promises because everyone is different. So I was terrified. I was terrified to death before I had the surgery. And I didn't want to tell anybody about it. I was literally terrified. So for two times, I was supposed to have the surgery. It was canceled because of uh, COVID, because of other circumstances. So finally, when I got the chance to do it a third time, I had less of fear. I just want to get over with it. But it's amazing how, when you know what you hear, I hear different sounds. Like you, you never hear what you're hearing. You're like the refrigerator, people whispering. Like this morning, I hear a fly in my hotel room. I won't say the name of the hotel. I'm saying that, but they kept me up. So basically, if I could track that down, I'm doing pretty damn good. It's so interesting to me that I waited 35 years, but the misconceptions kept going on and on and on. And in fact, I have a YouTube channel, and one of the videos I did was for the medical professionals, because medical professionals have no clue what cochlear implants are. And my short video, five-minute video, is dispelling the myths about cochlear implants and hoping that medical professionals will pay attention. And it's just amazing. As far as waiting too long, I've gone to seminars for cochlear, and the first question I asked is, who regrets having a cochlear? Nobody raises their hand. The second question is, who wishes they had done it sooner? And 100 hands will go up. So it's not an uncommon story. What we're trying to do here is let people know you don't have to wait. My next question is, your two sides. One, you had it done. What's left on the other side now? How much hearing do you have left? I wear a stocky hearing aid in the right ear. So you don't need a cochlear implant on that side? Well, eventually I like to, because I feel with two of them, why not have better hearing? I mean, this left ear has 115 decibel hearing loss. My right ear is 110. If I can hear this well with 115 decibel hearing loss, I mean, I just want to be able to appreciate music more and able to hear better sound because this is just one ear. Because most people, they listen out of the right ear. They talk on the phone with the right ear. But I've never really talked on the phone with the left ear. Now that I can talk. the next question without yeah. music. Are you listening to music again through the cochlear? I'm starting to listen to music. I'm starting to understand the words now by listening very carefully. But I think once I have two of them, it make a big difference. The main thing for me is the clarity. Yes, the speech clarity is first. And just a tip when you're learning to listen to music that we remember, you go to YouTube and choose a song you remember and use a word with lyrics because the brain kicks in better if it knows the lyrics that you're listening to. You try that. That's why it gave me more confidence in my speech. That's more important to me than anything, my own speech. Because right now, as I'm speaking to you, you would never assume I'm hard of hearing. I'm just saying that before I had the cochlear implant, my speech wasn't quite as clear as now. There may be like a 5-10% difference. Because you couldn't hear yourself speaking before. Now you can hear yourself. Correct. But before, I had to say the words carefully because it's more a memorization. But with the cochlear implant, it becomes more natural. Absolutely. It does. Because now you've been had the cochlear implant for four months. Is sound improving every day or... Do you think you hit a plateau? No, it's improving every day. I think 
I still yeah. it's more room to learn because especially now when I, I fly a lot on airplanes, it's amazing that if I take my hearing aid out, I'm going to watch something on the computer subtitles. Mm-hmm. So with the cochlear implant, I can hear what the, the airline steward or the captain's saying. They talk randomly fast. I can understand what they're saying compared to the hearing aid because the hearing aid sometimes absorb surrounding, but cochlear that more of what you call differentiate. I just went to a charity function last week, which was a happy hour, and the room was packed with 200 people. And because of the smart app from the cochlear, I was able to carry on conversations without any problem whatsoever. So when you get two of them, you'll do even better. When you got the second one, did you see a big advantage? I got them both done at the same time. Okay, I had nothing to lose. My audiogram looked like a stiffener morgue. There was nothing there. So like you, when you screwed up my courage to move ahead, the doctor said to me, why don't you do two of them? You have nothing to lose. So I did it. Boy, was I scared. I can can imagine you had no hearing. I mean, how long did this go on for before you decided to get the implant? 35 years. When I decided to get the implant, when I was qualified for it, when I moved to Florida, the doctor said, you're qualified for both. And I was so scared. I pushed the operation five months out because I wanted to be sure I wasn't making a rash decision. This is why I do what I do, to let people know, don't make my mistake. Right. Nothing to fear. If you have nothing to lose, and if a doctor's willing to operate on you, you will hear again. The question is how much hearing you will get is never a guarantee. But once a doctor says it's okay to operate, you're going to hear this is the message I constantly work to get out there. Don't be afraid. What caught my attention is that Rush Limbaugh lost his hearing. He went completely deaf. I think it was because he was overtaking a lot of pain medication. But I was amazed that when he had the cochlear implant, he was still able to conduct himself doing radio interviews. I'm saying to myself, wow, this is fantastic because I would assume that he couldn't hear. Maybe he had difficulty hearing, but that first caught my attention. You know, that's a very interesting point. Rush discouraged me from getting it for years because he said that he couldn't distinguish male from female voices. It gave me the excuse not to move ahead for many years. I would read his transcript. I couldn't hear him on the radio. And I found out later that his first implant was not entirely successful. They could only get maybe 10 or 11 electrodes. So he was able to hear but he couldn't distinguish. The second one may have been more successful. So it depends on which day of the week you caught that message. I do have another question for you. You chose Cochlear. Why did you choose Cochlear Corporation over any other company? Were you offered well, the choices? Reason, the reason that my friend did a lot of research and he felt that Cochlear was the best because his sister had it done and she wasn't hearing that well. So if all the research is done, so that's why it convinced me because I never read much about Cochlear before, because I know there were different companies. But then eventually I started to do research reading that Cochlear is the best. And especially, you know, it has a lot to do with the staff too, because if you have a poor audiologist, I mean, it's a team effort here because, you know, you're putting your life in somebody's hand. So Cochlear to me is a decision because what he's been through, because I want to be with the best. I have to tell you, of all the interviews I've done, you're the first person using the Canzo 2. It's a relatively new device. Are you happy with it? What's a pro or a con? Is it retaining itself when you're moving around a lot, when you exercise? 
Tell me a little I'm bit happy about it. The only time, the only time is that, for example, if I bump it to it, it'll drop. The only thing I just hope in the future they make it a little thinner. But right now, it's not a problem. I can train with it. I do everything. But sometimes I'm getting off the plane if I have to lean forward, if I hit it. But what's interesting is that people look at me and they say, what is that? I tell them what it is. And we have a conversation about it. Instead of years ago having a hearing aid, and then they say, I'm fine. And just try to hide the situation. Because when I was young, I was telling her that when I was in my 20s, when I got to a discotheque, I wanted to be a girl more than anything. I was so shy. So sometimes we would hold each other. She would be kissing me. She would touch me here. I just kept turning my head. She thought maybe I had a twitching habit or something's wrong with me. So she goes, what's wrong? I said, nothing. I kept turning my head the other way because I felt that she found out how to hear me. I'll be rejected. Oh, gosh. Lou, I appreciate your time. Do you have anything you would like to tell the listeners about your experience, anything message you'd like to give them before we sign off? I would say that they'll have no more fear about it because there's a movie that came out about cochlear implant that made it look like a Frankenstein surgery, which it isn't. Because to me, it was a minimum two-hour surgery. I had maybe 5% pain. And then, you know, it's just cutting under the skin. It's not like they have to cut your head open. And then once you have this implant in your head, they never have to go back in. The only thing that changes is uh, the magnet and the process on the outside. <laughs> hey, look, it's yeah. been a pleasure. I really Thank do appreciate your time. And I'm sure, as I said before, people are going to listen to this and move forward. Yeah. You've done good work for society. And for the- oh, no one thing I found very interesting. You were an icon for the deaf community. Has anything changed since you got a cochlear implant? Have they been angry at you? Have gotten negative feedback? No, because I do a lot of signing lately. I've done a lot of signing. Like con, the people come up, they say, we've seen uh, you being emotional about the cochlear. They congratulate me. And then people also wear a hearing aid. Sometimes they have bad hearing and they say, well, I'm thinking about doing it. I haven't received anything negative. So i be honest with you, I haven't had a negative comment. Good. I'm sure they're not going to make a negative comment to me because I'm not a little kid anymore. They wouldn't survive five seconds. I got it. It's okay. There's always been a conflict between the deaf community and those who try to leave it by getting a cochlear implant. And that conflict is diminishing with time. So I was just curious about your own personal experience. Don't get me wrong. I met people that need a cochlear implant. They don't want to do it. I try to convince them. They're just happy being deaf. That's their choice. Their life is about choice. If you want to make that choice, fine. I agree with you 100%. Lou, thank you so much for your time, sir. You're welcome.